Blog Talk Radio. Beautiful day here in Plymouth, Michigan. We're about, I don't know what it is, 600 miles from Hurricane Sandy, and we're even feeling the effects here. I want to, uh, before we get into the show, I wanted to, you know, just tell everyone who's living in the path of the hurricane that you're in our thoughts and prayers. We hope everything's okay with you, and uh, we hope this whole thing passes quickly because it's been really um, scary to see what's been on the news regarding that. Um, also, as we always do, I wanted to give just sort of a couple of administrative uh, sort of housekeeping comments at the start of the show uh, relating to our larger purpose of even having this show, which is to raise the bar in real estate. One thing I wanted to mention is there's a very sharp young man that I've met recently. His name is Greg Fisher, and Greg owns a company called Fisher Real Estate, which is based in Fort Worth, Texas. I've gotten to know Greg a little bit on um, primarily from the um, Raise the Bar Facebook group and in a couple of other places. But I wanted to point out or direct your attention to a video that he made regarding his real estate company. And you can find that video on his YouTube channel, which is called Fisher Real Estate. That's spelled with a C, F-I-S-C-H-E-R, real estate. Go on YouTube and just search for that. Look for that video. I wanted to point that out because... You know, I'm really passionate about doing everything on a more professional basis within our industry. And every time I see something that I think lines up with at least what I envision that we should all be doing, I want to point it out. So please check it out. Again, um, uh, the gentleman's name is Greg Fisher. It's Fisher Real Estate YouTube channel. And uh, drop me a line, post something on Facebook, or send me a tweet and let me know if you liked that video and if so, what you liked about it. I also... Um, what, referencing that Raise the Bar Facebook group, I wanted to make a couple of comments about that, too. Last week, I gave sort of a long intro on that, so I'm going to skip that intro this week and simply say that we crossed over the 2,000-member mark this week. I'm very proud of that. We've grown that group entirely organically. Uh, I spend a lot of time in there, and, and I'm really blessed to have some of the industry's leading thinkers um, and visionaries in that group. In fact, Right now, at this very moment, one of the most interesting and dynamic conversations we've ever had in the group is going on. It involves Zillow and something that they've done uh, just this past week. You probably saw it in the news, but they've decided to publish a whole range of information relating to pre-foreclosures. And we're about to, in fact, probably while I'm talking right now, we've crossed the 300-comment uh, mark on that thread in that group. So if you're interested in that topic, please join the group. It's free. It's open to anyone and even for members of the public. We'd love to hear what you think about this topic. And it's really cool because Spencer Raskoff, the CEO of Zillow, is actually in the group participating in that conversation. Um, when people talk about the power of social media and so often they question the power of social media, you know, to me, this is a perfect illustration of, of why I'm so passionate about it and one of the main reasons why our guest today, Nicole Nicolay, is here because I just view her as one of the preeminent social media people in not just real estate but really in any industry. So please join that group. Get involved in, if not that conversation, then any of the other conversations we have going on uh, pretty much 24-7. In fact, I was still in, making comments on that thread last night at midnight and I was back at it this morning around 7 a.m. So check that out if you would. All that being said, I am uh, to say that I'm excited to have uh, today's guest, Nicole Nicolay, on the show would be an understatement. I was talking with Nicole before the show started here a moment ago, and I was telling her that I was doing a little bit of a rehearsal as to how I was going to introduce her and tell this story. And I, I literally... This is going to sound, I don't know how it's going to sound, it's going to sound weird, but I literally broke down and cried in the middle of my practicing because 
so many things have happened in my life that, that relate to social media, and all of the social media stuff traces back to Nicole. So I, I owe her such a huge measure of gratitude for helping me to see the light in terms of the value of social media. And specifically what happened was, I still recall like it was yesterday, and it was in April of 2009, I was on Twitter one, um, one morning, and I... I ran into her somehow. I don't recall how. We just started communicating, and she sent me a direct message that included a link to a video. And the video that um, that she shared with me was of her um, singing along and rocking out like only Nicole can and does, and anybody that knows Nicole knows what I'm talking about. But it was this video of her singing along to the song uh, Cult of Personality by the group Living Color, and it was like a light bulb went on over my head in terms of the value of social media, the fact that I had so 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 grossly misjudged what it was all about. And that was like the seminal key moment that pushed me in a certain direction that now I wake up, you know, over three years later, three and a half years later, and my life has really changed dramatically, and it all goes back to that moment. So um, I'm sure I'm boring everyone to tears now, so I want to stop. Nicole, can you hear me? Are you there? I can. That is so sweet. I remember that day, and you were, we, you know, had a great time going back and forth. I can't believe that many years have have already passed, though. That's what's crazy. That was 2009, and here we are, you know, almost three, four years later, and, um, you know, and I've learned a lot from you, though, along the way, I have to say, too, so it it doesn't go, you know, just one way. Well, I... I appreciate that, but I, you know, I, I'm not exaggerating, and I think anybody that that knows me, um, probably anybody that knows me knows you. I think that's clear, and I think that you are truly one of the legends. You know, uh, people throw terms around so casually these days, especially in social media. And being brutally candid, I know I've been guilty of it. I know I've been one who's been prone to some hyperbola, but it is not exaggeration at all to 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 speak of you in these terms. This really is who you are. You've been you've been at the forefront of what I'll call the social mediaization of the real estate <laughs> industry. And you were, in fact, for me, there was you and there was nobody else for quite some time. And I think then, you know, people started seeing it because you and a handful of other people were you know, flying the flag and championing the cause of social media and real estate. And that brought in a whole wave of people like me and Chris Smith and, you know, a a whole slew, Jay Thompson, a whole other slew of people that I could mention. But it was you who was like the Lewis and Clark wrapped into (laughs) one person who really blazed the trail into the industry, at least as far as I can tell. That's that's absolutely my honest perception of what happened. And Again, my, I tip my hat mm. to you for seeing the opportunity and for for leading. And so many things that people now do that are sort of like old hat, like, well, everybody makes a video and says happy birthday kind mm-hmm. of a thing. You know, you were the one who was doing those kinds of things for the first time. And I think it's so much easier to repeat what we see other people do than it is to come up with that stuff in the first place, obviously. Well, it's definitely the greatest form of flattery, and I, I you know, and I – I love seeing people, you know, do have have fun with their own personality and have fun with social media because it, it that's why it's there. It's to create connections, to um bring us together, to give us opportunities to relate with each other and um it's really refreshing to see people be themselves, in, you know, in a way that's unique to them. And um so, you know, of course uh, I happened to see some some dance grams come along, and you know people got some good moves out there, and they should show, share them, you know, show them off. So absolutely. Well, and, and again, that's the power of social media is that mm-hmm. it gives us this ability to connect with people on an almost infinite, um, you know, level and basis. Where the analogy I keep coming back to is. And I know it's not original, but it's you know it's the old cocktail party that never ends, or a chamber of commerce function that runs 24/7, 365. And what I think about the, per, the the average person on the street who doesn't believe in social media, who thinks it's a waste of time, that same person would probably turn right around and say, well, of course I, I go to chamber of commerce functions, or of course I belong to a country club, or of course fill in the blanks on some other type of a social function, where mm-hmm. a big part of 
the reason they do that is to make connections with people that slowly improve over time. They slowly become more intimate over time. And eventually you wake up and you have this very real connection and relationship with someone. And then that very often turns into business. And yes. so that same people that would criticize social media as being stupid and a waste of time would go do those same behaviors in real life. The only difference for me is, and I think you'll agree, is that you do it in real life, it's on such a limited basis. How many people can you connect with in real life in a day versus how many people can I connect with on Facebook in 10 minutes? And it's just so busy. You know, we all play so many roles in our lives these days. You know, I'm a mom. I've got a business. You know, I'm a wife. I have things I want to do in terms of goals, you know, outside of business, inside of business. And just wearing all those different hats, it's often really hard to, you know, step outside and take the opportunity to do a lot of live events or go out, you know, be interacting in that same way. Um, offline and so I think the beautiful thing about online you know and what's happened with you and I is that we create these conversations it gives us social media gives us this wonderful conduit to begin conversations together online that you know we find out whether we connect or we don't connect or we relate and um, we find little nuggets that bring us closer together and then slowly but surely you know those those little nuggets and breadcrumbs lead to uh, to an offline meeting you know you and I have met I don't know how many times at least uh, at least a good handful of times offline and we've actually worked together um, as a part of, of agent yep. reboot within Min news and um, a couple of times and then we've also just met for fun and and I think that that's such such the amazing power of of these tools when they're used for good Right? Absolutely. Well, yeah, and, and to echo and amplify what you just said about our relationship, you know, I, I, my favorite photo that I own is me, <laughs> you, and Todd Waller. I love um, that in photo. San in San Francisco, you know the photo I'm talking about where we both have I our do. arms around you. And mm-hmm. um, and I wrote a blog post, which which is still I'm you know I'm most proud of that post probably above all others. It was called "Meeting Old Friends for the First Time," and that photo was the mm-hmm. featured image in that blog post because it, meeting you was the proof for me that everything we've just said is real and legitimate, which is you get to know people because we had gotten to know each other online. So when mm-hmm. I met you in real life, there was just no there was no weirdness. There was no barrier. There was no okay, I need to I need to get to know this person before I'm comfortable. It was instantaneous because we already knew each other from yeah. and at that point, um had we even spoken on the phone? Maybe we had. I don't even know if we did at that I point. Don't know. Actually I don't no in fact I we don't had think we had no, yeah. we hadn't because because the reboot thing came later. So this was just from Twitter, and I'm not even sure anything on Facebook. It was purely Twitter. Mm-hmm. So you know, that was really powerful. And then I remember one of the highlights of, of our relationship was that night we had um, sushi at Nobu in Vegas, which was <laughs> just an incredible night of nothing but fun among friends, me, you, awesome. and Chad. Yeah. Yep. So – it's, you know, and I, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to take the conversation in this direction because I know we really didn't plan to talk Take about it anywhere this. you want. You know I'll follow but, it. <laughs> well, I couldn't not say these things because, again, I really, I really feel for the people who are still doubting the, the ROI of social media, and there's just nobody that I know who I can have this conversation with on this level other than you. So mm-hmm. I think that maybe if if anyone's listening and is moved by this at all to try Twitter or to try Facebook or to try whatever YouTube whatever, um, so you know Nicole, you are the one that I can point to 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 show that it really works. So let's move on now because again I I know you've got a lot of other stuff that you want to talk about and I want to get to that. So let's talk okay. first. Let's talk first about. Um, you know, because again, this show is called Raise the Bar in Real Estate. Of course. So yeah. I always like to get people's input on that. So what does that mean to you? What does raising the bar in real estate mean to you? Because I know your perspective is probably unique for most people in the industry because you come from a real estate background. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, um, well, uh, you don't need to. You don't need to go into that detail. But you come from a real estate background. You also yeah. have the social media thing going on that's huge. What are your thoughts on raising the bar? Uh, you know, I 
I kind of think it comes down to, you know, there's so many, it's easy to get overwhelmed with issues in our industry and, um, and and I happen to see, you know, people complain a lot these days about, oh, this is wrong, and I don't like this, and I don't like that. And um, and I think what you've done online by creating the group on Facebook to actually look at the positive side of, well, if you're not happy, then um, make some change. Pick something and take action for it, whether it's doing an amazing video like Greg Fisher's done, which, by the way, I've seen that video, and I friended him yesterday on Facebook because I said, you know, I thought it was fabulous, and obviously, if you know, he's, cool. making a, he's making a stab at great video and going for it. He must be a cool guy. So, you know, he I always send cool my guy. peeps a message, and um, and he 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 got right back to me. So, whether it's you know, taking action in something politically or something, you know, a piece of technology in your business or access to data or whatever it is, you know, rather than complaining about it, just Pick something and do it, whether it's starting on your local level, starting within your own business. Um, just because uh, complaining is not going to really do a whole lot. It's just going to waste your time. And and I often see people that complain the most are just the ones that haven't taken the time to, you know, actually take the steps to make change or ed- even educate themselves on whatever it is that's t- ticked them off in the in the first place. So. I know. No, I, um, I think those are I think those are good observations, and I think you know it's interesting because um, I wrote a, a sarcastic comment on Facebook last night that's very related to what you just said, and what I wrote was, you know, the um, people complaining about people who complain. Ah, sweet irony. <laughs> and so you know, it's like there's such a fine line between having the honest discourse and mm-hmm. debate that can result in change that I absolutely absolutely think is necessary in our industry. So there's that side of the coin, which is uh, yes. there's going to be some friction, there's going to be some conflict, there's going to be people who have opposing views. There's just no getting around that. On the mm-hmm. other side of the coin, there is what you just said, which is, and I agree with you, that you know if, if all you're doing is complaining for the sake of complaining, if there's no real objective or mission behind the your articulating a point of view, other than just to articulate a point of view, then, yeah, that's a waste of time. And irrespective of that, definitely I think there's so many things that you can just dig down deep, go do it. And I still just don't see enough people. Let's talk about Greg Fisher again for just a second. Mm-hmm. Um, how many agents, you know, you are in a great position to answer this question. What percentage of agents in your mind at this point are effectively leveraging video as part of their real estate jo- uh, business? Well, it's not many. I'm. I, I mean, it's when you have to search hard and long to find really good examples of a video, then you know that you know it's got to be just a single percentage. You know, it's not. I know NAR has listed that one percent. Oh, only one percent of real estate professionals are using video, and and I'm sure that percentage is actually more now. But um, you know, the quality of the video that's being produced, I would say, is just – I'm happy that people are taking the steps. I say go for it, jump in, you know, give it a try. But, you know, I think also educating yourself on what type of video works best for what scenario, you know, whether it's creating a video for a listing, creating something that lives on, say, your website or um, as, as a marketing means, or, you know, just having fun, trying trying different – uh, modes of video out, I think, is a great way to go to find the one that maybe you're most comfortable with, or even trying them all. So I think it's still still pretty low. I mean, I've seen um, we have a, a a similar video to Greg Fisher's would be if you go to the TimWoodGroup.com. Um, the Tim Wood Group they have a video on their homepage of their site that's very similar to what uh, Greg Fisher's type of video, you know, one that kind of educates you on who we are, what we do, kind of really making you understand that their um, their their online storefront matches their offline storefront. So, you know, you get what you get whether you're interacting with them online and you get the same level of expertise and service offline. So I love videos like that where you take the time to, you know, maybe hire a crew to do something more professional because that will live on your site or, you know, can be utilized in a variety of ways for a long, long time versus something that's, you know, just a quick one-off. 
Oh, I totally agree with everything you just said there, and I loved. I'm, I'm, my memory is so bad. I'm so old that <laughs> I've I've already forgotten what you just said. But I think what you said was their online storefront equals their online storefront. That yeah, I is... actually, you know, I actually I can't take credit for that one. That's all Tyler oh, Wood. He's a client of mine, and I just I love the guy because you know he's he plays a lot with video. He's done the kind of the in the car video. Um, that we we've seen a lot from Ian Watt, and he told me when I interviewed him once, he was like, "Man, I, I wanted to do video for the longest time, and then I, I thought about doing it in my car, and then I saw this guy Ian Watt, and he was doing it, and I was like, oh, I should have done that.' But you know, instead of stopping and saying, "Oh, I should have done that. I'm not going to do it now," he was like, "So what? I'm going to do it for me, and I'm going to probably do it my own way." And so he he does the same thing. He gets in his car, he goes works out at the gym or CrossFit in the morning, and he flips on his camera, pretends his clients are in the back of the car. And so he told me this whole story of how he originally stepped into video. Now he's experimenting with, you know, higher-end video, um, high-res and really professionally produced video. But his whole goal, because he lives in Big Bear, California, and he really wants to – his uh, clientele are vacation homeowners, so they're out of the area. So his goal is to really create a robust online experience for reaching those people that are out of the area. And so he told me, he's like, my goal is to create an online storefront that's going to match our offline storefront. So when people come up here and I finally get to meet them face-to-face, they're like, man, you're the same guy that rides along in the car and tells us, you know, different information, and you're the same guy that's got this quality, amazing uh, real estate brokerage that we want to work with. So I can't, well, I can't a, take credit for powerful. that. That's yeah. powerful. And just to, just to uh, amplify what you just said there, there's a gentleman named Rich Sheridan who um, has been on the cover of Forbes magazine. He has been written about in the Wall Street Journal twice, and he was Michigan's Entrepreneur of the Year some number of years ago. I had the, the pleasure of meeting this gentleman, and to say he's my friend would be an exaggeration, but I've met him I've met with him many times, and um, I asked him for the key to his success because his success is staggering. Again, think about what I just said. Cover of mm-hmm. Forbes, Wall Street Journal twice, wow. Michigan's Entrepreneur of the Year, and That's here's legit. what he said. Mm-hmm. He said this. He said the key is to make the inside of your organization equal the outside. I know that's a little different than what you just said because we were talking about technology, you know, online mm-hmm. versus offline, but the mm-hmm. principle remains the same, which really gets back to authenticity, which we so often talk about in social media. You know, be authentic, be who you are. And there are so many examples, you being one, of people who are exactly the same in real life as the persona that you put forth online. I thought before I met you that maybe part of this is an act. You know, she's sort mm-hmm. of dramatic, and, and you know, <laughs> nobody's really like that in, in life. And then I met you, and it was like, oh, my God, this is the t- she's not putting on anything here. This is just who she is. I'm and that think, crazy. <laughs> uh, never said that. Never said that. I know, I did. <laughs> crazy <laughs> but, good, though. But I, crazy I good. I think that's a that that's such a powerful point which is the authenticity piece of it you know when you are who you are online and it shows through and then when when people meet you and see that you really are that person i think it's you know it's just a it's a big part of this whole social media conversation that i think is important true that so um so so those are your your thoughts on raising the bar i appreciate that and mm-hmm. now let's move on to another thing that you're known for which is passion um, oh, yeah. That's another thing that I think I'm known for, too. You know, I think we're both very passionate people. For sure. We believe in what we believe in very powerfully. And what are your thoughts on the passion issue, the passion question, or, or just passion in general? Just react to that. Well, I just think that working, like, uh, working without passion is really pointless, um, you know, not not finding a way to weave passion into your daily life and into your work life, your professional life, um, and let passion bleed the lines of of personally and professionally. And and actually, I think your this uh, you know passion actually relates to raise, raising the bar um, because if you feel disheartened or frustrating or frustrated, let's say, um, without the drive to act, to make change, to do things, um, then I think you've lost your passion. And for me, uh, over the years, I've always had a passion for educating. That 
has never changed, although uh, who I teach and what I teach has definitely evolved over the years from teaching kids to teaching adults and teaching first grade to teaching real estate technology. And um, and I think it's hard to – I think passion changes or your passion for different aspects of, of life and, and what you're interested does kind of ebb and flow um, over the years. And I, I know that if I, if I feel I'm losing my passion – um, or that my passion is changing, I just kind of follow it to wherever and whatever is moving me most. And um, because whatever I'm passionate about, you know, following that truly makes me happy, um, whether it seems like it's got a professional goal associated with it or a personal goal, I kind of just don't, I don't worry about that. What I worry about most is whether or not I'm excited to do whatever I'm doing. And probably the best example would be um, the dance grams, the birthday dance grams, because I think when I started, you know, I love dancing. I'm passionate about dancing. I never was, a, you know, a professional dancer of any means or anything like that. I just like dancing because it makes me happy. And I think at first when I started doing those all those years ago, it seemed totally absurd to people around me. Like, why would I spend time in my work day making birthday video dance grants for people? I mean, you know, Reggie had his back to me. Uh, and um, and I know that I kind of, I said, well, I think, you know, I, they just make me happy. And over the years they've created and facilitated and I've actually enjoyed so many relationships just from those videos, just like you and I. Um, and those connections that I've created from posting those videos online, sharing and making those videos for people, it, it's benefited me both personally and, and professionally. Because like you said, when I meet people offline, they know exactly who I am. Um, they really feel our connection. And also, you know, they know that my goal really is not, you know, spamming them with online different useless comments or links, but really sharing a true part of myself. And I don't think this really actually, you know, I had a, I would say in terms of business, um, I, I kind of had a, a funny aha, at least moment, I think, you know, Reggie's not here, he won't mind that I share this, but so he came with me to, um, I was hired to speak at the Remax convention last March, and um, you know, I, I was speaking in this big auditorium and I was in there early setting up and Reggie had his camera. He was going to take some photos. And so he was in the audience and there was a probably about, I would say, 30 people in this front row just parked it there about 30 minutes before I was going to actually come on stage and speak. And, um, you know, and Reggie's been like, oh, I don't know why if you always make these dance grams. Oh, she's making another one. He's kind of he he didn't poo-poo it. He just thought it was just more of a fun hobby than anything else. And um, when he uh, approached the group that was there, he said, "You know why are you guys here so early? You know, you know, are you excited to learn about WordPress or social media or whatever?" And they said, "No, we just want to see Nick Nick and her dance gram. We love her dance grams." And so it was really <laughs> funny. <laughs> Reggie had this like aha moment, like, "Oh my gosh, these go. people are here because." you know not they like what she's doing online but they they're true truly excited because you know she makes these dance grams and so afterwards he came up and he goes you know what i i have to tell you i was wrong and that's why i love to to tell this story because reggie actually says he was wrong for once and uh he was like your dance grams are totally worthwhile (laughs) is that rare for him to do that yeah i mean he's just he's a thinker (laughs) so you know he's a man he won't admit he's ever wrong. You know, when I fight with him over something, he'll just get to, I'll just wear him down to where he like agrees with me, but I think he's like crossing one his fingers or his toes or something. But to actually come out and say, you know, I was wrong about those dance grams. I think you should keep making those and I think you should enjoy that and, you know, bring that into your work environment. You know, I'm never going to question you spending, you know, 10 minutes or a half an hour during your day of of doing something that brings you pure joy and and doing something that does bring you pure joy and passion like that it, it works for me so I'm not going to stop doing them well and yeah and, and let's let's reemphasize the the point we're talking about here which is passion you know and again mm-hmm. it's it's it, it's so funny these little things like I I think back to the only like uh parallel that I can draw from my experience is you know the jib jab videos oh yeah I love those 
and I, you know, I've made those. In fact, I think I made one. In fact, I know I did with you in it. I think with you, Reggie, Mark Davison, and a few other uh-huh. people. And I remember uh, the joy. I mean, literal the joy that that I took in creating those videos. I made a number of them in a very mm-hmm. short period of time because I haven't made one in a long time. But I did, and then I recall tweeting them out and sitting back and just waiting for the reaction and the and to see everybody who was involved, including you. You know, like, oh, thanks so much for that. And you know, uh, somebody who doesn't know anything about what we're talking about would be listening to this conversation that we're having, and they'll be thinking, "Who are these idiots?" She's talking about something called the dance gram. I don't even know what that is. And this guy is talking about making videos that I don't even know what he's talking about. But we know, and I think a lot of people who are listening would know as well, the little things like that that can really connect you to people. And the passion thing, I don't want to get off on the – I do this every – I always end up at Simon Sinek and start with why. (laughs) Last week I talked a lot about that. I don't want to do that again other than just to say it really truly always seems to come back to start with why. Why are you doing what you're doing? Do you truly mm-hmm. have a passion for it or not? Because if you don't, I think it's so hard to sustain a long-term success in any endeavor. Forget real estate. In any mm-hmm. endeavor, if you mm-hmm. don't really like what you're doing. And one of your hallmarks, one of the things you're famous for is – you know, when Nicole is a speaker or a teacher or a trainer, she brings passion, she brings fire, she brings energy, and and I think that's huge. And my hat is off to you on that level, certainly. Well, thank you. And I, I, I do want to reiterate, too, like sometimes it's not obvious the way that you can integrate your passion into, let's say, your work day or your workflow. I mean, it's it's not always obvious to people. Um, because their their passion might be completely outside of what they do for work. I mean, they might have a passion for you know doing whatever it is, like you know being a a, a really service oriented real estate professional. But their true passion might be riding their bike, for example. You know, and so we can't always have you know it might not always be possible to have your passion be also your work. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't have passion for your work because you, because you realize that your work affords you the opportunity to pursue a passion. So you're right. But are you telling me? Am I reading you right that you're telling me that I'm never going to be Magic Mike? <laughs> hey, with enough dance practice, you can do anything you want. <laughs> so, well, thank you for your commentary on passion. Now let's talk about something that. Um, perhaps isn't so much fun to talk about, but I think it's Mm -hmm. important to talk about. And that is, and again, you talk about these weird personal connections that you and I have together. Mm -hmm. Um, We're standing in the lobby at the venue at Inman Connect San Francisco in July of 2012. Mm -hmm. Me and you and Chad and uh, I think Stefan. Amy Lundgren. Yeah. Amy uh, yeah, Youngren was there. Um, uh, I believe Jeff Lobb was there. Mm-hmm. Kendall Young was there. Stefan was there. And, and, in fact, there's a great picture of, of everyone that I took of all the people we just referenced. Mm-hmm. And I tried to convince you and Chad to stick around a little bit longer because we had had almost no time to talk. Yeah, you we said, totally no, we should have stuck get... around. <laughs> well, you said, no, we got to go because if we wait, like, you know, Chad said if we wait even, like, 20 minutes, the, the drive time difference could be, like, two hours. So. Mm-hmm. You guys left, and then I recall seeing on Facebook um, very shortly thereafter a photo of um, – and, oh, and also you said we have My to cupcake. hustle and get these cupcakes. Yes. And so there's this photo of, of this tray of cupcakes on the passenger um, floor of the vehicle, and all mm-hmm. of the cupcakes are smashed and on the floor. And I don't recall what your, your post said, but the gist of it was we just got rear-ended. Yeah, and I'm like, like, oh my gosh, they were just here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, so yeah, tell, tell that story. So we it was we were having a great time at Inman Connect. We should have stayed there. We should have stayed and like chatted longer with you because it just was like being in the wrong place at the wrong time. And uh, we were actually a, like two miles away from my, uh, my house, getting off on the on the exit and you know California traffic is a little crazy especially Bay Area and, oh, yeah. and so it's like a it's just a mess when you're driving home at like 5 p.m. and so we were pulling off the exit and probably going about you know two miles an hour maybe just inching waiting for our turn to go up and over the over ramp of the um, off ramp and 
um, there was just this 19-year-old kid, and he was uh, didn't look up until until it was too late. He was texting and slammed into us like 50, 60 miles an hour, and um, right rear-ended us in the um, that that exit lane. So he totaled Chad's car, and then we to- we totaled the car in front of us. And so, oh my God, know, it was just a mess. It was it was a pileup of cupcakes and a pileup of cars and. You know, and in that instance, you really don't know the – you're so just jacked up from, like, the being sh- – you know, the, the force of the, the accident, and it happens so quickly. You just your, – your body is just kind of shaky and crazy, and you don't really know. But the kid got out of the car right away, and he had his phone in his hand, and immediately, you know, I, there were three other men there, and me, I'm the only female. So what do I do? I start yelling and bitching, of course. And, oh, my gosh, what are you, crazy? What, were you texting? And um, and he looked at me and was like, eh, yeah, and and just uh, admitted fault right away and said, you know, he wasn't paying attention, and he, he sent a text and just looked at his phone and looked down and, you know, and that was just that was just really – at that point, I was just more – I felt bad for Chad. His car was totaled, and, you know, I, I had injuries, but I didn't really know what the injuries were until I ended up going to the doctor the next day, and I had really bad whiplash, and my hips were not aligned, and I didn't realize that my – the force of the seatbelt – um, and this is always the fun part of the story because I love some guy at the gym the other day asked me, he's like, why haven't you been here for three months? And I was like, well, I got in an accident. And he was like, well, are you okay? What happened? Like, where are you hurt? And I said, well, I'm I'm okay, but I had to have surgery. And well, for, for what? And I said, well, the seatbelt smashed my chest and it also smashed my left uh, breast implant. And it was leaking and I didn't know and um and leaked out all all the way and so i was walking around with like one boob kind of mortified for a little while but you know it's not anything that couldn't be fixed you know it it was more of a just having to deal with these injuries and the fact that i was pissed off from having to really kind of put my life on hold for a while and you know i'd been training for some some great events like an ironman and i had been I had plenty of, you know, work uh, commitments for travel and for speaking that I had to cancel, and I had to end up spending, you know, two or three months at home in bed driving everyone crazy here, including myself, you know. So I just – it took a lot of time uh, for me to to really think about, you know, not only was I just – I was mad that I couldn't do these events, but I was mad at the kid – who didn't care enough about um, his actions and how they could affect others. I mean, I don't care if you kill yourself with, with the, you know, by sending a text, but think about the other people that you hit, hurt, and kill. And I know that's not a really nice thing to say. I shouldn't say it that way. But um, just really thinking about how your uh, your actions can affect others. I mean, this is such a terrible epidemic in terms of you know that every time you get in the car you turn over and you're like, oh, that person's on their phone, or the car in front of you is weaving, you know, you can always spot them, right? They're weaving in front of you, or they're going the wrong speed, like usually too slow, um, sometimes too fast, and it's just a terrible epidemic, and I just feel, I was so pissed that about that happening that actually did have a good outcome because while I was recovering I started a new blog just kind of a personal blog called Just Nick so justnik.com and I shared the story of my accident and I also made the pledge that I'm never you know I wasn't necessarily guilty of sending text messages while driving but I will admit that you know my phone has has those notifications flashing on there and I would get the I'd look over and at a stoplight and you know read the notification and I was definitely guilty of that so I made a pledge right then and there that I'm not going to ever text and drive and um, because I see people every day endangering others, you know, e- even in the carpool, like when we're dropping our kids off at school, I see parents texting, and um, it, I just think that for it's not only about ourselves. Let's do it for our clients. Let's do it for our clients' kids. We we can wait to send those text messages. Totally agree. And I actually, this is the first time I've heard the full story. I did not realize that all that happened to you and i i'm really sorry that it did and i abs you know i i am 
I am really outspoken on this topic long before your incident. Um, you know, I I was walking my dog. I, I walk my dog every morning um, mm-hmm. and every night, and I've lost track of the number of times where I've nearly been hit by a car in a situation where the driver was driving, let's say, eight miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Because um, it's to a, this down. I live near a little downtown area, and I walk my dog to this downtown area. So cars are driving through, you know, congested streets at very slow speeds. But you think they're driving so slow, how can they not see me? Well, it's because they're looking down. I've had people um, turn right in front of me to the point where, like, they almost drove over my foot. Yeah, um, it's happened so many times. And I was I was walking my dog the other day. And there was a whole line of cars waiting at a light for the light to turn from red to green. Um, I'm walking parallel to this line of cars on the sidewalk. I look up. The light turns green. And the person who was the first car was uh, either reading on their phone or texting. I'm not sure what exactly. They were looking down. Mm -hmm. I could see that. No one honked. And the light turned from green back to red. And no one drove through. Oh, that so happens all through. the time. That ha- that drives me crazy. In fact, like it happened the other day, same scenario. Like you're you come to the stoplight. There's this lady cut cut me off the other day in her big Mercedes. And then what happens? We both end up at the same light next to each other, and the light turns green. And no, she's not moving. She's still looking down. So I literally I honked, and she gave me her best like you know, what the heck, look. Yep, and yep, yep. and I just put my hands up and I said, hands free, bitch. And she looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> she flipped me off and then kept on driving. Hands free. I'm sorry, I have to tweet that right now. I know. Uh, but she, she flips me off like I'm insane and then keeps on driving, I'm sure, while texting. Oh, yeah. I mean, we see that all so. the time. And it, it might, I, I think we can probably wrap this point up by saying this. How many people are going to have to die mm-hmm. before there's some real laws, you know, either created and or enforced? Because I'll be honest with you, I don't even know what the laws are these days because I've just well, given up. Well, we have a law here, but it's just ridiculous. I mean, a slap, a $150 fine if you're caught, I mean, that doesn't do anything. No, that's oh. not even a deterrent mm-hmm. of any sort. So I, I just think it's sad, and I, I hope that one day we can look back on this and one, be thankful that you weren't hurt even worse than you are. Thank God for that. But secondly, I hope that, you know, there's some real laws enacted with some real teeth to prevent this stuff because it really is so epidemic. I mean, it's it's almost to the point now where I believe it's at least where I live, and it's got to be the same where you live, that mm-hmm. most people drive with a phone in their hand, whether they're yeah. looking at it or not. Mm-hmm. And, totally. And, and I would say half of those people are actively driving and looking down and looking up and looking down and looking up and looking down and driving 10 miles an hour too slow and seeing half of what they should be seeing. And they probably have Bluetooth but are too lazy to have connected it to their car. So, you know, I think one thing that I'm doing is not only by making the pledge that I'm not going to text and drive, but now when I go out and speak, um, you know, about the – because my job is telling people how important and how to implement technology in their business, but let's do it in a smart way. Let's do it in a way that um, you don't allow the device – to dictate your life, like be a smart mobile agent. You still have to be mobile ready. We still want you to be able to rock the ability to do your job on the road, just not while you're driving because that's what Siri and Bluetooth are for. So, you know, just be a smart mobile agent. That's all we ask. Exactly. So I understand now that you're – you're doing some some fundraising related to an Ironman. What's the deal with that? Yeah, I'm so excited. So I got a call uh, two weeks ago from my friend, Margaret, who, you know, another really amazing person, great, great soul. Uh, she, I met her on a bike ride um, uh, last year, and she's the bike coach for the Iron Team for the San Francisco chapter of the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's team and training. And so she sent me a message and she asked how I was feeling and if I was getting better and um, and asked if I wanted to be a member of their iron uh, teams and so that I could meet my Ironman goals. So I now get uh, have the challenge. I have two challenges here. I have the challenge of 
uh, completing the Ironman Lake Tahoe next September. And then I also have the wonderful opportunity and challenge of raising um, my goal, my my minimum goal is, of course, $7,000 uh, for cancer research. But, of course, I want to rock that and and uh, and raise even more so that I can, um, you know, it's it's for blood cancers, cancer research, it's for supporting the patients and the families. And it's just an amazing challenge um, to be able to do both of those because it's such an amazing personal goal for me as well as, you know, for a, a great cause. And I think... Um, I'm just I'm just super honored to be able to do it honestly uh, and um and I think it's well, it, go ahead oh, go ahead please go ahead please Well I was g- going to say you know I think taking on a challenge uh like like the Ironman and like raising uh, and raising money for a great cause is not only benefits you personally but I think it also benefits you professionally because having a goal like the Ironman it teaches you discipline and perseverance oh, yeah. and I know that you know those two qualities you definitely need those if you're working for yourself right and then throwing oh, yeah. in raising money that takes creativity it takes determination and those are also transferable skills for your business and um and I know I'm not alone in this cuz my business partner Chad uh, who who you know really well? He also he's training for his second full marathon, and so we believe and we really feel that these experiences experiences and having goals like this uh, can benefit you in in more ways than one for sure. No question, and I have such respect for the fact that you and Chad are doing these things because I you know I do my best to stay in shape, but you know on a scale of one to ten, you guys are like a nine, and I'm like a two or a three. And the thought of running a marathon, the thought of running even like a five k, I would literally die of a heart attack. <laughs> I know I would. I mean, I've I have uh, you know I I was when I when I saw Chad. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was actually not the last time, but I'd seen him some other time before then. I think it was New York. Um, mm-hmm. I, I didn't even recognize him. He had undergone such a physical transformation. And I'm not he's a big boy. He, yeah. Well, yeah, he's a big guy. And he, but he went from a big guy to like a, a really lean guy and mm-hmm. a guy who, who looked to be in phenomenal shape. And I saw that he had a tattoo on his leg, which I believe said 26.2. And yep. I instantly knew what that was. So I wanted to tell him, you know, show him that I knew what that was. And I said, does that stand for a marathon? And he goes, yep, exactly. And we, we had a long conversation about that. But I think it's awesome that you're doing that. Is there a, is there a link that you could share where people, I mean, are, are you soliciting any sort of donations? I am. Because, you know, every little bit helps. I'm trying to raise $7,000. I'm on my way there. I've got 550 so far. But, um I I have tweeted out my I'll tweet out the link in a second too but it's at I I have a short link for it it's tiny.cc/ironnick so iron n i k and I'll okay, share Okay, repeat that please tiny.cc/ So it's tiny tiny.cc/ironnick I R O N N I K Yep. That's it. That's it. And that's my fundraising page, and I'm so thankful that people are getting behind me. I'm going to do some fun uh, fundraisers here locally. I'm going to do some fun things online. I might have to auction off a dance gram. In fact, I have on my Just Nick blog um, in my Love It section where I have all my dance grams, I added in a little sidebar where if you request – I have a make a request for a dance gram because I do get a few of those from time to time. So – uh, when you make a uh, request for a dance gram, I also have a, you know a dance and donate, so you can donate to my fund, and I'll I'll for sure not forget your um, your birthday. I'll make sure I dance for you. So you never so that's have a little bonus. You, you never have, and you never will. At least not for me, because my birthday is not known to anyone. What's up with that? I just don't like birthdays. I have to be honest with you. I, 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 I'm I getting way too old, way too fast, and every birthday, trust me, at some point I think you'll understand this. You're still just a kid. You don't get it. I get that because I was a, once a kid too. But I'm telling you, you reach a certain age where birthdays just don't feel so good anymore, and I am – I'm on the I'm on the far north side of that line. So enough said on that point. <laughs> oh boy. Well, you know, I, I I'm gonna have to make you an unbirthday dance gram. How about that? Okay. No, that'd be cool. You could do that on any day. You could do that on any That's day. That's what I'm saying. You could just play it every day. It could just be your like wake up call. <laughs> <laughs> so 
let's talk now. You know, we we are literally we are burning through this hour. Like I, I know, mean, we've only got about ten minutes left. So let's talk. Let's talk a little bit more specifically about what you're doing professionally because we really haven't talked about that. You know, I know you've you mentioned the Remax. Speaking at Remax, I know you're mm-hmm. you you know you you've always continued to do the things you're you're known for in terms of being a you know keynote speaker at various significant real estate functions. Um, Talk a little bit about that. Did I see something about ICNY and also uh, what's up with AgentEvolution.com? Okay, so so you know Agent Evolution, for anyone out there that doesn't know, we build WordPress websites and we also educate on WordPress and utilizing your um, your WordPress site. So I go out there and I have a fun time. I, I, I'm really proud of our, our company because we're not just like any other, you know, just like any of those other website companies, I feel really proud of us in, in the way that we, in our approach to marketing and customer service, because we we definitely take an education stance. We want to educate you. We don't want to have to convince naysayers. I'm happy to work with the discerning agents that want something that's, you know, custom to their brand, custom to their expertise, custom to their targets, and that's really what we do is we create kick-ass uh, WordPress sites that um, for clients that really want something special and unique, and um, and over the years we've had a great opportunity to work with some of the best uh, WordPress developers and designers and theme creators in in um, the industry. And right now we're pretty excited because uh, you know a lot a lot of real estate professionals want to provide a robust um, user experience, a really amazing user experience from the mobile phone. And so one of the challenges is if you have a website, it you know, are you building for multiple plat- platforms? And if you do that, what's what's the result of that? And how often are you going to have to build for something new? Or could you go with a WordPress site that's on a responsive theme? And what that means is we build you something that actually auto uh, – it automatically resizes itself depending on whatever device you're looking at it. So whether you're on a desktop, a laptop, a, you know, an iPhone, an iPad, the mini iPad, um, it will automatically call up also the most important features. So if you're pulling it up on your mobile device, you're actually going to get, you know, what do you want? I want home search. I don't want to have to read necessarily, you know, might not be wanting to read blog articles from your your, your iPhone. So um, that's one thing that we've been doing. If you want to see, check out a couple examples of uh, responsive design. We have the Tim Wood Group, who I mentioned earlier, and then um, MiamiCityDigs.com, so MiamiCityDigs. Um, those are both responsive designs. And, and um, we've got some other great new features coming along, and we've got a, new, a couple of announcements that we're, we'll be making um, next month, or actually in December, um, with IDX Brokers. So we're just having a good time. We're really enjoying just trying to push the limits in terms of what um, the industry needs and wants in terms of their web presence. And um, and I'm having a great time going out and, and speaking. So I'm going to be at NAR. They've asked me to um, to deliver the WordPress camp. So I have four sessions that I'm going to be delivering at uh, NAR starting on uh, Sunday, November 11th. We have like a prerequisite class, which is – just gives people kind of the overview of what WordPress is, what the benefits are, you know, the difference between .com and .org, um, a little bit of the history of WordPress, which is kind of fun to see how it's progressed over the years. And then on Monday, November 12th, um, I've got my partner in crime who's not here, Reggie, and he's going to present with me. We're going to deliver a half-day program from 9 to 1 focused on three parts, content, community, and conversion. And that's just going to be a really fun, fun, uh, fun day. So I hope if if anyone out there is going to NAR that they'll they'll join us. Well, that sounds really exciting. And you know, I I consider myself to be sort of a marginally informed consumer when it comes to <laughs> blog, you know, web design, and um, and you know, uh, I, I think I'm above average, but I'm certainly no expert. Mm-hmm. My observations on the topic are that you know we've we meaning the masses have moved past the conversation about what well, is WordPress really the right thing? I yeah. Mean, I think we've, I think in fact that probably is, you know, a full year or two <clears throat> in our rear view mirror at this point. And now the, the, the catchphrase du jour seems to be responsive design and what it means and are you incorporating that into your strategy and how are you doing it? And I think we're on the, we're on the cusp 
and just correct me if I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. we're on the cusp of that becoming maybe not mainstream, that's too early for that, but at least widely known and understood. And that's probably the next big phase we're going to see on people who are truly trying to stay current on web design is to mm-hmm. bake that into their strategy. Would you agree with that? I would agree. I think, and I think kind of a, that's like the new hot topic, right, is responsive design. And I think one of the things that's kind of resurging right now that I'm happy to see in resurging is the focus on content, the actual content that you post on your blog. And I think for a while there, people kind of were blogging a lot and then they got away from it because of the social networking phenomenon. And now people are coming back to, oh, I want to own my content. I do want to post. And and I'm seeing um, what we've actually done with My Tech Opinion is we just changed our blog to a post formats blog. So so more more of a, a mashup of different formats. So we don't have to feel like every blog post has to be a thesis because I think that kind of bogs your mind down from wanting to actually get now, content you mean, when on you your say site. That, when you say that, you mean a thesis as in a doctoral thesis, not as in a WordPress theme. Yeah, yeah exactly. So just writing an essay. Like we don't – necessarily need to write essays on our site, but we do need to get content up on there. So um, whether it's a photo, because people love commenting on photos, and you know, like video, it elicits emotion, gives you more of a, a big picture, you know, um, and just being able to kind of mash up what you share on your blog in terms of written content, helpful articles and, and tips to photos and videos. Um, and just not being held down into thinking like I have to write, you know, all this content all the time. But the fact that when you have a, uh, a site like WordPress, putting that content and investing time into putting content on your site works to help you get found online. And it also, it's a twofer because now you actually have something of true value to share out in Facebook and Twitter and elsewhere, LinkedIn, wherever you're sharing. So you kind of get, you know, uh, serious bang for your buck in that re- in that regard. So, absolutely, and, and I, in fact, ironically, I'm I'm writing something that I'm not really at liberty to discuss publicly yet, but I'm writing some fairly comprehensive and large stuff. And mm-hmm. um, just yesterday, you write in a I book wrote, or what? Uh, and um, and just yesterday, <laughs> I wrote almost verbatim what you just said, which is specifically. I said it a little bit differently, but the gist of it is how how all of these pieces fit together in terms of a blog post, blog post versus a YouTube video versus Twitter as a delivery mm-hmm. system versus Facebook as a delivery system. And I think that we're sort of now evolving through the process exactly as you just alluded, which is it's sort of like we went from lots of people blogging to, oh, isn't you know twitter and cool isn't facebook cool to the mm-hmm. to the detriment of the discipline required to make a blog successful let's say and now i think we're we're the pendulum is swinging back toward the middle where it's it's not one or the other it's mm-hmm. more a combination of things and a more moderate sort of you know moderation in all things type behaviors i think Absolutely. that's where it's headed and i think that's where it's going to end up because we're past the shiny phase those of us mm-hmm. who believe in social media are at least for me and i'm sure for you are firmly convinced that it works and so you know i don't spend as much time do you remember the days where you were flying the flag for hey look at this it works yeah look at, yeah. Look at twitter look at facebook i mean it's been a while since that conversation has taken place for me at least you know yeah. it's sort of like we're, i'm not debating that with anybody anymore either you get it no. or you don't and, and I think so, people are going to be comfortable with what they're comfortable with. You have to be where your target audience is. That's true. But also be in places that you like to participate in, you know, as well, so that you'll actually use the tools that make sense for you and for your business. Otherwise, you're not going to – you're going to just get overwhelmed. Um, and I do want to – Absolutely. If I could uh, give a little shout-out, I wrote a new ebook um, not too long ago. It's called WordPress for Real Estate, From Static to Standout, and it's free. So, um, you know, I love writing stuff where I can share and give, it, give out um, more information, and it is available for free download at agentevolution.com slash ebook if anyone wants to Well, I remember, you know what, you, you, wrote, you wrote an ebook on Twitter a couple of years ago that was fantastic. In fact, I downloaded it. 
I downloaded it the moment I found it and read it, and it was really well done. I've not seen your new thing, but I'm sure it's going to be just as good, if not better than that. We literally have run out of time, Nicole. We I have know. 45, but we have 45 seconds left, so I'd like to I'd like to allow you to take that and do whatever you want with it. Oh, I don't want to take all of the time. I just want to thank you so much uh, for having me on. As always, it's more than a pleasure. It's just super fun to chat with you and. We could talk forever. I think we're just going to have to do this in person, though, next time. Um, but I'm honored to have been a guest, and I hope that um, I'm excited for, for your upcoming guests. Who's who's coming on next? I know you've lined up some great future guests, right? Oh, yeah. In fact, it's the, the lineup this season is unbelievable. Next, um, on November 7th, is Christina Wise. November 15th. On November 15th, it's Mark Davis, and, and it just goes on from there. So thank you, Nicole. So thank happy you. you were here. Uh, just love having you on the show and wish you all the best. Talk with you soon. All right. Toodles.